Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Happy hump day, everybody. Hi. I can already tell that Holly is going to have to really manage her Colleen and Bradley management skills we're a little wily today on the colleen and bradley yeah, show my i talk can't w- promise anything today <laughs> so my talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com everything entertainment i'm colleen lindstrom that's bradley trainer and we're already off the rails y'all yeah um i want to read something to you oh okay good um and I can't promise you that it's going to be a good story. So we started talking yesterday about, uh, actually two days ago now, right? At the beginning of the week, about the allegations against Marilyn Manson, the shock rocker, uh, by Evan Rachel Wood, who was a girlfriend of Marilyn Manson's uh, when she was 19, she alleges that he began grooming her when she was 18 and that they uh, embarked on a very abusive uh, relationship. Well, Marilyn Manson, I mean, there's more to the story. Stick a pin in it. We'll get to it. Don't worry about it. Marilyn Manson has come forward with a statement uh, to share his side of the story. Are you ready for that statement? Yes, I am interested to hear what he actually had to say with words. Okay, so this comes uh, from Marilyn Manson's Instagram account, the following. Obviously, my art and my life have long been magnets for controversy, but these recent claims about me are horrible distortions of reality. My intimate relationships have always been entirely consensual with like-minded partners, regardless of how and why others are now choosing to misrepresent the past. That is the truth. Okay. As you see your truth. Exactly. Which doesn't surprise me that he would see himself not as a perpetrator, Mm -hmm. yet a victim of scurrilous allegations. Bringing in the big words, trainer. Thank you. You know, you got to. Can I just sit with this for one moment? And then I want to talk about some things that you've uncovered in your research, (laughs) Bradley. Um, Sell it. I I just want to say that, again, whenever a victim speaks up and tells their version of reality... It's important to listen very closely because one of the things that Evan Rachel Woods talks about is the fact that she was groomed Mm -hmm. and the way grooming works, the, the perpetrator finds ways to make the groomee, the victim, um, 
seem like they are consenting to things or understand what they are consenting to in gradual ways mm-hmm. such that it doesn't seem so severe until you are looking in retrospect. Yeah, I, this would not be the first time that a person showed up to reality uh, a number of years later and said, you know what, that relationship was bleeped uh, for exactly. a number of reasons. I mean, we we all have that experience at some point in our own lives, I would imagine. To varying I know I levels do. of severity. Yeah, right? I'm not saying yeah. we all have abusive relationships in our past, but we all look at relationships differently in the rearview mirror. What's particularly disturbing, though, is that this behavior of... I'm not... I wasn't giving that example to sort of mitigate the severity of the allegations against him or to say that these are just hindsight perspectives that sometimes you need the distance of time to see that you were in fact part of an abusive relationship. And that is not to ameliorate or lessen that person's, the perpetrator's culpability. It's just to acknowledge that sometimes you are not able to see things until you are far away from it. And it's like an abusive relationship can be, you know, an intimate relationship, a family relationship, a business relationship, mm-hmm. a cultural relationship that we have with institutions or people like this is nothing new. And so it's totally plausible um, what that means in terms of legal uh, ramifications for Marilyn Manson, a.k.a. Brian something. What's his name? Brian Williams Warner. Warner Brian Williams. Don't, Brian Williams has sorry. been through enough I, of his I'm own sorry, Brian problems. That so was let's not add to my bad. If you love your music. Oh, I was thinking of Brian Williams, the news guy. Yeah. Um, but I was NBC. thinking of Brian Wilson. So I'm okay. It's okay. Very now. Wednesday now right we've now. brought three people into yeah, the mix. Sorry, all but of you. Really, we just meant to go after mm-hmm. uh, the gentleman whose stage name was Marilyn Manson. It's yeah. just easier that way. Yeah. Um, Yes. So all I'm all I took that roundabout uh, voyage uh, to say is that um, this is totally believable, plausible, and I I am disappointed that somebody in his position, if in fact he believed that he was not responsible for the harm that the victims claim, that he wouldn't at least acknowledge their pain and suffering wherever it's coming from because you know you wouldn't you think that let's just assume for the sake of discussion that some people had some like uncomfortable things to say about your relationship with them in the past Mm -hmm. and you knew patently that is not how things happened that it was a totally different situation like you knew that to be true in your heart right Mm -hmm. that you were not responsible for what they are alleging your response to that is telling. And I think that if it's not to say that only guilty people do X or people who aren't guilty do Y, but if I were pretty sure of my innocence in these matters, I'd be like, whoa, this is shocking. Mm -hmm. I am, you know, horribly saddened slash like whatever uh, uh, superlatives you want to put on this conversation, you would just communicate to the world this caught me off guard. This is serious. This is something that um, I, you know, you would honor it in some way, right? If these were people you involved yourself with and cared for, 
and did not feel like you needed to be defensive of, you would just offer up, I think, a different approach. Right. If if indeed you felt like you were not responsible yeah. in the way that they were indicating you were responsible, you would probably allow your care for the person, historic care, yeah, to take the front seat. And I understand that ego gets in the way many times, and so you your your first um, impulse instinct is to perhaps flee, deny, defend whatever like i get that's a natural impulse but on some level when you start putting words on paper and or in emails or statements that you would be more thoughtful about it right instead of just like completely denying everything and i don't know where this came from out of nowhere i mean that seems very rare like i I am sure there are times when people have been wrongfully accused completely 100 percent total fabricated lies in fact i i don't have to assume i know that that has happened but it is so rare right that that it the defense of i don't know what this is just doesn't ring very it doesn't make me think that he's thinking beyond his own particular um culpability right. or, or um like he he's just trying to defend himself yeah yeah so that's the statement from uh marilyn manson basically saying i don't know what y'all are talking about this was all consensual it's fine everything's fine nothing to see here so um i read this article so clearly i know stuff it's a report of the report i will admit that there uh that i am very very ignorant on the subject of Marilyn Manson because you're starting to see the light just like I am because I I read articles yesterday too that I was like what oh my god why did anybody think this was okay I just wasn't paying attention that's my own I mean that's not an excuse it's just like I that's your reality why would we so he had a autobiography in 1999 called I think it was actually 1998 because I looked it up on the internets but anyway late 90s called The Long Hard Road Out of Hell, Marilyn Manson with Neil Strauss. So presumably he had a, a um, ghostwriter. Ghost writer. Um, there are some segments from this autobiography. I'm like, he wrote these words out loud, you guys, and we have any question that there is something seriously wrong with this person? So he talks about, did you know about this like stalking slash I want to kill somebody moment he had in his life and is very like open about it. I, I have read certain accounts that indicate that. And uh, one article that I read made it sound like if you do the math, it was Evan Rachel Woods that he's talking about. Yeah, I don't know. But this well, actually this person was named Nancy, okay. a former bandmate and lover. Okay, so so apparently this is a pattern of behavior. Well, and this is a very specific example laid out in his autobiography, The Long Hard Road Out of Hell. He admits to coming close to carrying out the, quote, perfect murder of a former bandmate and lover. Yes, perfect murder. Getting spooked moments before trying to burn her to death in her home. Okay, I continue. O-M-G. Quote, and this, is, this was written in 1999. Again, I'm like, what? This was the first time, and now I imagine at some point in the rest of this book, because I'm picking out a very specific quote, that there is some context, and maybe he says that's a horrible thing and I'm a terrible person. Regardless, 
this was the first time I had ever seriously considered murder. Okay, also the first indicates time indicates that there was there were a second <laughs> through tenth. She had to die. While I didn't think it was my right or it was right to take a human life, I didn't think it was right to deny myself the chance of causing someone to die either. Especially someone whose existence meant so little to the world and to herself. At the time, taking someone's life seemed like a necessary growing and learning experience, like losing your virginity or having a child. After roping a friend to help, Manson goes on to write about how they, quote, followed her, cased her house, figured out her routine before heading to her Fort Lauderdale home with kerosene, matches, and rags. But as they approach the home, again, he's not just thinking about murder. He is planning and executing a murder. How are you not arrested for that? But as they neared, a homeless man started following them while they were trying to uh, them while trying to sell drugs. And they were finally scared off by a series of sirens heading to an emergency nearby. After that night, I became too paranoid to kill Nancy, too scared of getting caught and sent to prison. I woke up to the fact that I had told too many people of my hatred for her. And even the best plan wasn't good enough to protect us from chance events like passing police cars. Okay. So he basically admits he he plotted to kill somebody. Now, I don't know of how how real he was being, but why wouldn't you take him at his word? Well, and oh, there's some deep stuff in that because the brazen choice to write that in black and white on the page knowing that then it's out in the world and still think you're fully justified in that story? Well, then to know that you've done all these other things, assuming right. he has, based on the allegations that they've been laid out, like, maybe, what? I feel like we're understanding better who we're dealing with in this story. Um, I'm just, I, I may, maybe there are people out there that are like, oh, duh, we always do this. But, but see, like, why didn't we do anything? But see, this is the point that that, that op-ed that I read yesterday essentially said Marilyn Manson has been telling us who he is all along. We just haven't been paying attention. Yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're going to pay attention to Elizabeth Reese. Well, she brings us all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert after this on my talk. One Oh seven one. This is a, my talk dirt alert. The one and only. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
Elizabeth Reese is here, and she's brought us all the dirt straight from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert. Hi, guys. Hi. You know what? We're going to stop in Nashville first, shall okay. we? It's like Where? fun. I've never been. Oh, you haven't? I know. Oh, I love you Nashville. You seem to love it, right? I'm a big Nashville fan. Yeah, I think it's really wonderful. It's a great town. I've been there several times over the last few years. I tentatively have a plan, a trip planned for June, but alas, we, we will, will see. see. You know what? We'll see. But I can hold on to a little bit of hope, don't you think? Yeah, yes. of course. So we'll see. Um, that being said, there is quite the controversy in Nashville brewing um, with the country music community being called out for not always being great. <laughs> and uh, that would be an understatement. So there was a country artist named Morgan Wallen who was just dropped from his label and is taking a lot of public heat after a neighbor videotaped him outside of his home um, yelling and used uh, a very inappropriate racial slur um, when referencing another person. And so what happened was this neighbor shot this video, made it public. This happened Sunday night. Morgan Wallen goes on and issues an apology saying, you know, he's so sorry, he promises to do better. And now country music, the community is weighing in. So Kelsey Ballerini, who's a country artist, she said the news out of Nashville tonight does not represent country music. And then another country singer, Marin Morris, uh, took issue with that and said it actually is representative of our town because this isn't his first, quote, scuffle. And he just demolished a huge streaming record last month regardless. We all know it wasn't his first time using that word. We keep them rich and protected at all costs with no recourse. Oh, wow. Good for her. And it is interesting. You know, this has been a long problem, racism within country music. I mean, it's a problem in this country. It's a problem particularly within country music. And I think um, in a certain culture of the South, right? I think as Northerners, we can sometimes go, well, we're better than that not true yeah it's, it's embedded within our country we it it it, it displays itself differently it displays i was gonna say having, differently having lived in both places yes. for a number of years mm-hmm. where i lived in the south people said things out loud they wouldn't say here but that is not to say that people here would not say those things um they think them they just don't say them or, or they, they say, say them, them in to a, in, a, in a more private setting right, yeah right yeah. right um it's interesting because then black country artists, which there are very few. I mean, you can like count the number of black country artists on one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman named Mickey Guyton, who's a black country artist, uh, spoke her piece about it and said, when I read comments saying this is not who we are, I laugh because this is exactly who country music is. I've witnessed it for 10 GD years. Mm-hmm. You guys should just read some of the vile comments hurled at me on a daily basis. It is a cold, hard truth to face, but it is the truth. And she says she's often questioned why she fights to stay in an industry that has shown it hates her at times because of the color of her skin, um, but went on and um, explained that she does it because she loves it and she wants to fight for it. And then she just listed a huge list of country music artists who are great people and ambassadors of the genre and who embody what Chris, what country music should be about. Part of making a change um, is acknowledging the the wrong that you have done mm-hmm. um and i say that you know in this conversation but there's multiple other you know areas of life where where change begins with just being real right about reality mm-hmm. right <laughs> and that and, and that so, is so much harder 
to do than it mm-hmm. is to say. It, oh, yeah, because we all tell ourselves a story about everything. Right. And I hear that that nobody wants that to be the way it is. You know, that's what I hear in that first. Who was it that made that first? This is not who we are. Uh, that statement. was Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah, I hear. I hear what Kelsey Ballerini is trying to do. What right. she's trying to say is, I don't want this to be who we are. Right. But but change will never come from that. Yeah. Change comes from saying, no, this is exactly who we are. And yeah. I want to be an agent of change. And of country music has had a long problem. You know, they don't mm-hmm. want to isolate or, um, you know, they don't want to make. Look what happened to the Dixie Chicks. When they, right. I oh. mean, when they got political, it gets very tricky. The country music fan base is um, passionate about things in a different way than maybe other fans of other musical genres. I also, you, know, you don't see Dave Matthews band fans doing this kind of stuff. They're just. Yeah. Hi. I also just <laughs> yeah, hope we'll begin to change the paradigm that talking about race is political. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the fact that it is, that is not a normal thing. That is the way that it manifests itself right now. Mm-hmm. But that also seems like an excuse or a crutch. Right. Um, because it allows people to say like, oh, we're not going to talk about politics. Well, um, okay, but... I don't think that I think this actually transcends politics. One could also argue that everything is politics. I was just going to say what I wish is that we could understand the nuance between politics and politicized. Politics is life, though, guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the way that it is. Elizabeth Reese, thank you for that dirt alert. That's not real intense, y'all. Thoughtful dirt alert. Thank you for sharing. Um, When we come back, we need somebody to play the thirty-second pop culture challenge. Six five one six four one one zero seven one thirty seconds. Five pop culture questions. Get them all right. You win a prize on my talk 1071. We are going to give you 30 seconds to answer five pop culture questions. We do it every day at 1230 on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Well, hello there. And this is your 30 second pop culture challenge. 30 seconds. Challenge. Who is on the phone today, Colleen? Who is on the phone today, Holly? It is Jen. We've got Jen on the line, and what is Jen playing for? Jen is playing for this. A My Talk 1071 t-shirt. <laughs> hey, Jen, are you ready to play the 30-second pop culture challenge? I sure am. Fabulous. Timer will begin after I ask the first question. Here okay. we go. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association gives out what award? Golden Globes. Summer Lovin' is a song from what musical? Three. Who starred in and performed theme songs for the hit 90s movie Men in Black and Wild Wild West? Will Smith. The line, nobody puts baby in the corner, is from what movie? Dirty Dancing. Gene Simmons is a member a member of what rock band? Kit. Yes! What? You, you got like, it. And you're so calm, Jen. She was like, work. this one? Yeah. This one? She's like, I know. This that one? one? I know. And this that one? one? Hold the line, Jen. I need just one more nugget of information from uh, you. Yes, Jen. Holly needs a nugget. So uh, we, once she gets that. She's good that, at digging them nuggets out. <laughs> once she gets that, we will uh, move on to solve some mysteries. That was very impressive, though. The way Jen so calmly <laughs> answered the question. <laughs> the question. Versus what? I'm like, just, I don't know! I'm actually just looking at our Google Hangout situation, and <laughs> Holly moved her camera, and it was a 
at an unflattering angle. Yeah, oh. sorry, it was right up my crotch. It's all good. Thanks for that. Uh, all right, now that we've answered all of those questions, we can move on to solve some mysteries. We do that in the form of blind items that Holly's brought for us in this segment we call Blinded by the Item. Blinded by the Item. All right, it's kind of a drought of celebrity gossip mysteries today, I have to say. You don't care? Sorry, no, I was trying to move <laughs> things around. and Judy? Judy, go to up. <laughs> Judy? Judy. It's a cream corn, Judy. Cream corn. It's cream corn. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. All right, moving on to our first celebrity gossip mystery. Here we go. This former A plus list tweener singer slash actress turned A minus B plus list adult singer has been hooking up with female fans and also <gasps> hiring escorts. Mm. This has been confirmed. Mm. Miley Cyrus. Well, yeah, she's the only sexy former tweener who has sex. Right? It's a party in the USA. She's been hiring escorts and yeah. female fans. Okay. All so right. Miley All Cyrus right. has been sleeping around she's with busy. some female fans and she's been hiring escorts. So, yeah, she keeps Keeping busy. people employed. I mean, yeah. you know, it's been an economic downturn. Uh-huh. Honest work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess it's illegal. Technically, I don't know the laws in well, the state of California. She's paying for a downturn, too. Um, hey, I mean, yeah, I would imagine that it's probably maybe, but we don't know if she's in LA. She might have gone to Vegas. Yeah, it's legal true. There. Chicken Ranch, is that what it's called? Uh, bunny Ranch. I don't think it's called the Chicken Ranch. No. I think you're talking about the Bunny Ranch. Yeah. What was that thing called in Texas? The best little whorehouse in Texas with Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. Yeah. No, there is the Chicken Ranch brothel in Nevada in Pahrump, there is? Nevada. And there was a movie called The Chicken Ranch. Mm-hmm. I should have known that you know your brothels. Okay. Next. All right. Since we're a little short on blind items today, I bring to you, Colleen and Bradley, a mystery with some words in oh, it. Oh, I'm here for this. Let's go. Here we go. A previously unknown connection that may come out in the future, in future trials is that of the deceased funny man who was in two hit TV shows and before that filled in an A++ list role and performed live. All right. Okay. All right. Excuse me for a moment. Bless yes. You. He knew the deceased pedophile and he visited the infamous location several times. Publicly, he has long had these types of associations. Two of his friendships were with the permanent A-list actor who was synonymous with sex and the deceased figure whose residence was synonymous with sex. Okay. Um, it's hard today. The Words. De- yeah. I told you there are a lot of them. The deceased funny man was not so disciplined and got caught in a couple of photos with underage preteen girls. Oh. At the time of his death, he was negotiating with authorities to avoid jail time by testifying against others. This was kept secret to protect the funny man. But he dropped dead before a deal could happen. Oh, my God. Okay, told so... told you lots of words. I'm just going to venture out. There's first, four folks you got to think about. First of all, I think the easy ones, Colleen, you would probably agree with me, is the deceased pedophile in infamous location might be a Jeffrey Epstein um, naughty island thing. Okay. But then the funny man, and I don't know if a name was popping into your head, but... Well, okay, can we just really quickly go through the stats on this deceased funny man? Yeah, deceased Who was in man. two hit TV shows, and yes. before that, filled in an A++ role and performed live. Those are all correct. Okay. So... Who who were you? Who were you? So I I don't have any... I don't think this is it, but for whatever reason, the name 
popped into my head John Candy. <laughs> no. Just because he dropped dead and he was like a funny man well, and I didn't want to think the, about him doing that stuff. Well, the name is trending today because I think it's the anniversary of John Candy's passing. Oh, today. that's unfortunate timing. So, yeah. Um, but so does the filled in mean like he guest hosted like the Tonight Show? Okay. So then that's got to be, well, it's not the living one who ended up hosting it himself. Mm-hmm. When did he guest host? He guest hosted... Like Johnny era or uh, yeah, um, Johnny, Leno? Johnny Carson era. Mm-hmm. Oh. What? No. Uh, he filled in that. So he had two TV shows, one in the 80s, one Mary in the Shandling. 90s. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, you guys, by the way, I just always forget that he is passed on. But... Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Gary Shanley. Yeah, we figured out that. Now we have to think about two of his friends. Okay. So he, okay. So basically, here's where we are. Yeah. Gary Shandling mm-hmm. knew Jeffrey Epstein and visited the island known as Pedophile Island. Yep. Several times. Yep. Uh, publicly, he's had uh, these types of associations. But two of his friendships. Okay. With a permanent A-list actor who, who is, is synonymous, synonymous with, with sex. sex. Yes. Reynolds? No. This person is very well known for their prolific horniness in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And today? Unfortunately, <laughs> I, you know, quite frankly, I don't know, but okay. I think he's probably a little tired right now. Tom Jones. No. <laughs> Rude. Um, this person is noted for having sex with a lot of people. He's a very well-known actor, and I think that he and his wife were in a movie that featured Gary Shandling at one point in the late nineties. Oh my gosh, I don't yeah. know why this is very difficult. Yeah, he is a old-school movie star. I will tell you, he is eighty-three years young. He has a famous sister. Oh God! I sh- we should know this. Um, yes, famous sister is still around, and he's still and he's still around. Ticking. That's right. Ticking and kicking and scratching. Um, when and you go to this person's Wikipedia page, they have a whole section of the people they've slept of with. the people that they oh. have allegedly slept oh. with. And it's a lot. And it's alphabetically sorted as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... Uh, some of the names this person has slept with allegedly, supposedly, according to the internet, would be Brigitte Bardot, Cher, Julie Christie, Joan Collins, oh Jane God. Fonda, Melanie Griffith, not George Hamilton. Uh, um, let's see. Other names on this list would be Bianca Jagger, Ally McGraw, Elle McPherson, Madonna. Oh, my God. I'm naming some big ones at this person. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. He's married to Annette Benning. Stop. He's married to Annette Benning. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. um, That guy. uh, Oh, he was in a relationship uh, with Madonna. Mr. Goodbar. Dick Tracy time. Tracy. Yeah. Yep. We're gonna. Oh you gosh. guys got to get there. I'm not you helping guys, you anymore. This is so upsetting, and it, I keep on drew. wanting to say Harrison Ford, but that's not his name. No. It, no. Oh. oh, it's it's. Uh, 
Oh my gosh. Uh, Brett, no. You guys, does it start with an H? No, Warren Beatty. There you go. There you go. Gosh darn it. That hurt. Okay. Everybody's like now tweeting us Warren Beatty. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Warren Beatty, Uh and then the deceased figure whose residence was synonymous with, oh, uh, Hugh Hefner. Duh. Read it. Well, (laughs) I mean, just like boil it down. You don't have to do the whole thing. So, Gary Shandling knew Jeffrey Epstein. And visited, quote unquote, pedophile island several times. Now, publicly, Gary Shandling was kind of known for having mm, relations with younger ladies, so to speak. And two of his friendships were with noted horny superstar Warren Beatty and Hugh Hefner. Now, Gary, I don't know why Auntie Lawyer brought up those two relationships, but perhaps they also have Jeffrey Epstein connections that we're not aware of. I think it was just to show that Gary Shandling surrounded himself with sexy people. Sure. Now, Gary Shandling was not so disciplined and got caught in a couple of photos with underage preteen girls. At the time of his death, Gary Shandling was negotiating with authorities to avoid jail time, but he died before any of this moved forward. I'm either having deja vu or we have mentioned this before, that before his death... And this, I feels like I feel like we have talked about somebody facing this kind of uh, consequence shortly after they die. Like we, I feel like we've had this conversation about somebody who was yeah, no, facing ha- maybe charges. Maybe it was the suggestion of deja vu. Yeah, now probably. I'm having it. But <laughs> but whatever, go with it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, maybe he's talked about this before. Well, here, can I just say the other obvious? It's so obvious thing. Maybe maybe it's not obvious, but is there something slightly suspicious about the deaths of people who were near to Jeffrey Epstein? I'm trying to say something without saying it. Like, it seems interesting to me that there was negotiating with authorities to avoid d- jail time happening. And then he unexpectedly, suddenly... I mean, sure, it makes a great conspiracy theory. Well, because, like, all... Well, I don't know. I just am saying I'm my eyes are open. <laughs> are yours? He suffered a hyperparathyroidism, a condition which can be fatal. He was unconscious when rushed to the hospital. The autopsy showed he died from a pulmonary embolism, which I think can be administered by a needle by a bad guy on an episode of Magnum P.I. So, Oh, sure. It's kind of like in the movie Michael Clayton, where they shoot the thing between the person's toes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, thank you, both of you. We have to talk about a publication ship. We're still working the name on this one. Are we calling it Bag and Sharna? Bag, I like Bag and Sharna. Bag, bag of Sharna. Bag of Sharna. <laughs> Sharna bag. Yeah, we got to step on gotta this. We got to take our bag of Sharna to the Brian dump. Austin Green and Sharna Burgess. Um, they're having a date at a very special place, and it is very indicative of the COVID times we are in. We'll talk about their publication ship when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hello. And uh, let's talk about a publication ship. This one we're calling Bagasharna. <laughs> Brian Austin Green, you okay over there? Yeah, why? Oh, I just heard a something drop, maybe. Oh no, my uh, no, you're keyboard. slapping, slapping oh, okay. the, my keyboard, slapping the keyboard. Um, 
Brian Austin Green and Sharna Burgess, the two of them are out and about. So I don't think that this is the big outing uh, that uh, that I was referring to. But do you remember the other day when um, Megan Austin Green, Fox. Megan Fox. <laughs> we call her Machine Gun Megan Kelly. Yep. Machine Gun Megan Kelly um, was wearing a ring on her engagement finger yep and it said bleep you and it said bleep you and uh i said these two brian austin green and his ex megan fox are like battling it out through the tabloids with their new relationships so anytime now we will see the response from brian austin green yeah with sharna burgess yeah we just mentioned that on monday Right? Exactly. So I don't know if this is exactly it because it's not packing a huge punch, but it definitely is indicative of the times we live in. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for celebrities right now to be seen out and about, especially in California, when so much is uh, shut down due to COVID restrictions. But leave it to Brian Austin Green and his new gal pal, Sharna Burgess, to figure out how they can look lovey-dovey out and about uh, in California. They were at the the car wash together. Ooh, sexy. Looking real sexy. Actually, she looks like Tony Collette kind of from a distance. Really? Yeah. Oh, I suppose I see that. Yeah. Well, the two of them went to get their car washed and shared an, a romantic afternoon uh, sitting on a planter and talking while they waited for their car to be washed. Again, the point of this conversation is in COVID times, it's real tough to get out and about and see and be seen in Hollywood. And so this is the sexy outing that we're getting. Yeah, I mean, this is what was available. This is just like par for the course of any publicationship we've been talking about. Again, a publicationship is a relationship for publicity. Mm-hmm. And these celebrities are doing their darndest in this moment to get attention. And the easiest way to do that is to call the paparazzi up and say, hey, we're going to get a car washed. Mm-hmm. Uh, or their people do or some such thing. Or they just go to places they know that paparazzi are going to be paying attention. Because otherwise, like... Well, also, I think they just called the paparazzi because why would a why would a paparazzo? I guess unless it's like a known celebrity car wash in Malibu, but you know. I mean, is that a thing? I mean, I don't know, no. Holly. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, but likely they just called the the um the tabloids because why why or the paparazzi because why. Why, why, why would somebody just be hanging out of a car wash going, oh, I think that's Brian Austin Green. Let me get my camera out. Exactly. Brian Austin Green was seen tenderly touching Sharna as she draped her dancer's legs over a large planter. (laughs) So that's the scene that we're working with. But that comes in conjunction with another headline uh, that was featured in uh, Elle magazine. Here's the headline. Megan Fox wants a divorce from Brian Austin Green to be done. But he is, quote, not making it easy. And this comes from a source who told Elle magazine, Brian is definitely not making it easy or doing things quickly. Megan would like to wrap it up and get it finished as quickly as possible. But Brian is not exactly working with her on that. Who do you think uh, leaked that information? I mean, it makes him look like a D-bag, so... Presumably Megan Kelly Fox. Yeah, Megan Fox. Which, by the way, this goes along with the storyline that she may or may not be engaged to Machine Gun Kelly. 
because she wants to marry him and she wants this divorce thing to be all wrapped up and ready to go I so mean, she can move right along. Again, that's just publicationship theatrics. Like yeah. we don't know what they actually want because this whole thing is likely what we've said it is, a publicationship. So they are using each other to get publicity in this moment, regardless of what their actual plans are as a couple. Mm-hmm. Well, according to E, Megan Fox sees Machine Gun Kelly as her, quote, life partner, mm, and they I'm plan sure. to be together forever. Well, I know if I found my life partner, the first people I would tell is E, e. obviously. Yeah. And they would care deeply yeah. about that, mm-hmm. wouldn't they? Yeah, no, it seems... Totally plausible. Thank you. So in Publationship World, everything is going just as planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green have found other people to bide their time with. Whoa. Coming in hot. Coming in real hot. And uh, we are going to hear all about it. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, here's the question. What's the best thing you watched in 2020? The Golden Globes were just announced. The nominees... Uh, have been revealed. What was the best thing you watched in 2020? TV or movies? Doesn't matter. Five, doesn't matter. 651-641-1071. We will take your calls after this on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.